Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. We are on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN 2. Mm. On your smart speaker, say play ESPN Radio. You can download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Allow me to reintroduce myself, huh? Got to reintroduce yourself to Brooklyn, to New York City, to the NBA world as a net, KD. You know what? You know, we talk a lot about in college basketball. There's always this um, really big narrative called one and done. The Brooklyn Nets, this could be one and done. It creates that narrative around this team. Kevin Durant says, okay, I'll come back to Brooklyn. I'll play. Kyrie has one more year left on his deal and his extension before you figure out, do you want to sign him to a long-term deal or do you want to let him go become a Los Angeles Laker? What does that mean for the future of the franchise with Kevin Durant? You have Ben Simmons, who just comes over to this team now, who's trying to find his way, coming off taking some time mentally. It's a one-and-done scenario, and it puts so much pressure on Steve Nash and this organization to win it this year. Can I say one thing this about year. that? Can I say one thing about that? When you go over this Nets roster, I'm just thinking of Ben Simmons as he played at his best in Philly. Okay? Put him that at includes, the five. Okay. Right. Or, I mean, Ben Simmons really, when they play him the way they play Giannis in Milwaukee a lot of times, when Simmons, you're playing five out, and Simmons got ball in his hand. He's the point guard. And he's coming downhill. You have two options. You either double him, or he's going to yam it on you. Or else, so, and, and it, sorry, he's, you either double him and he's going to find the open man. He creates more open looks from three than anyone since he entered the league. Or, or you don't double him and he's going to kill you inside. If, the, if Ben Simmons is that guy... With Kyrie Irving and KD and Joe Harris and Seth Curry, Jay, just by accident, they're going to win every game. Like you know, and before we before we even get to all the hand wringing, they got to stay healthy and the psychology and they need leadership and coaching and chemistry and this and that. It, just the talent alone on that team, if they're just on the floor together, is going to be hard to deal with. People are always going to bring up, well, how about the biggest question mark, Kyrie Irving? Can he be trusted? Just let me say this. I'm going to put this in perspective. I know some people will do this. Just think about, Max, the last three years, right, from us having George Floyd in which a lot of – and I'm not making excuses at all. I'm just putting it into perspective. You're just describing what happened. There were a lot of people that weren't sure they wanted to go to work and deal with the repercussions of what happened with George Floyd. We had a lot of conversations in the black community about what are stances that some of our leaders should take in order to try to change this conversation. Now, I don't agree with every move that Kyrie Irving has done, but then I give him some credit for trying to lead something right in his own way, regardless of whether other people disagree with it or not. The pandemic, you and I have been on different sides of this. Hey, look, I know a lot of people that decide to take a year to say, hey, I want to I want to see what happens with this. That's his not something I would do. But I, I like medicine, but go ahead, yes. That's fine. You can disagree with it. You can call whatever you want. This is, my, this is my take on it. I understand that, right? So I understand that comes, and there, there's some challenges communication-wise, mm-hmm. right, with what happened between him and the franchise. But that's fine. But when he is on the court, he is special, man. So if Kyrie Irving is committed to basketball, I'll frame it the way other people like it to be framed, even though he's always been committed to basketball, and were to play this year with KD and Ben Simmons, 
those three players along, if you pick up some other pieces, Royce O'Neal, T.J. Warren, you pick up some additional defensive pieces. God, their roster. I'm sorry. Their roster is off a, the chart. I don't think there's a roster that compares to theirs. Now, I, the, the reason you say, well, this team or that team is simply because of recent injury history, and that counts. But what I'm saying is if this team is healthy and available, they, to me, are so much more talented than every other team in the league because – if you look at the Lakers, right, who don't have as many shooters or depth that the Nets have. They don't have as many good players as the Nets. But the Lakers have a big three, okay? And I think Westbrook's actually become underrated. LeBron and AD don't shoot it like that. So you can't just put the ball in Westbrook's hands and say, do what, I, do what Ben Simmons did or what Giannis does for the Bucks, right? But the Nets... There's never been a player. But let's be honest. We're not talking about the Lakers when we go out west. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I know the Lakers are the Lake Show. It's L.A. Yeah. Keys from L.A. But they're not the team in California. No, but what, okay, the but, goal, the goal, if we're going to compare a team to the talent of the Nets, but no, but Golden I'm, I'm, State and the Clippers. But what I'm saying is the, the Lakers have two unusually talented superstars. LeBron is maybe still the best player in the world, and AD is top six or seven still. And it, when they're at their best, they're better than that, right? That's what the Nets have in, in KD and Kyrie. But the difference is their Westbrook, Ben Simmons, is a taller, more in his prime, better passer, you know, that kind of guy, better point guard uh, in terms of setting up teammates. And the guys he's setting up, the other superstars in Kyrie and KD, are enormously talented, pure shooters, yeah, but, which the Lakers are not. But it's also the addition of something that Brooklyn has and that Golden State has and that the Clippers have and that Denver will have that the Lakers do not have is depth. That's the right, problem. But, but no, that's, that, like, you're we, focusing on the Lakers. I'm focusing on the Nets. I, I know. I'm, I'm coming back to the Nets. I'm coming back to the, the Nets because I'm saying when you have KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons, in addition this to Joe Harris, to Seth Curry – to T.J. Warren, that depth is what makes him the complete package. This is what I'm saying. Jay, when I think of the best shooters in basketball, the best shooters in basketball who aren't superstars, right? I think of Joe Harris and Seth Curry as two of the top five or six pure shooters who aren't superstars. When I think of the best shooters who are superstars, I think of KD and Kyrie as two of the best five or six Pure shooters. They're all on the same team with a guy who's created more open looks from the outside than anyone since he's been in the league and Ben Simmons. Yes. If they're healthy, Steve Nash, all the hand-wringing about Steve Nash's leadership and what's the system going to be, they might just win by accident. It's going to be hard to beat them. You know why I have them as the third-best team in the Eastern Conference? I don't trust in their leadership. So they have, all, they have all the talent in the world. But Harry Douglas just walked in, and he's staring at me because he's talking a lot of trash. Your mic is even on, Harry. You're not even supposed to be here. He's going to talk trash about the Braves. But back to my point about the Nets. The one thing that holds me up about them, and I think on, talent, on paper, their talent is off the charts. You need somebody that can lead a room of grown-ass men and hold people accountable. And if you don't have a player that demands that kind of greatness – on a day-in, day-out basis, you better as well have a damn head coach you can. And I'm not sure in Steve Nash's ability to be that person. For this Don't give the Nets that coach. No one will win a game. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm with you. What's up, Harry Douglas? Hi, how y'all doing? Jay, how you doing this morning? I'm all right. You know, you we're still two that? games up on y'all. You see, you, you talking about a coach, a leader, a guy that can lead men, kind of like Brian Snicker of the Braves. Like, can we, can we <laughs> calm down on this? No, we're not calming down on anything. I mean, Buck Walter is a great leader. Now, let me say this, Jay. 
Now the Braves happen to be two games back from the New York Mets. Yes. We're coming. And I'm here to look you in your face, look you in your eye on TV. That's why I came and sat down. Not even supposed to be on to 830. <laughs> but I wanted to come on TV and let you know, let the world know. Don't play the E3 Yates. Don't let the world know that the Braves are coming. Beware. Beware. Do you feel better now? I feel great. Do you feel better now? I this great. is I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, because now all of a sudden, I got a Yankees guy who's talking trash to me about losing the Subway Series. And now you guys are on the same team. And it's my, like, I don't, the I don't enemy of my enemy is my friend. Thank goodness for a guy like named Aaron Judge, Andrew yeah. Benatendi. Yeah. Cashman, you, you cashed in with Benatendi. Yeah, he oh, did. Lord. That was now, a good move. Now, 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 now with Max, everything's fine with the Yankees. No, now. no, 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 no. Everything's I'm still okay. <laughs> Yo, we do you see, we're going to get into this later in the show, Jordan Montgomery, who I did not want them to trade. I've been talking about him for years now. When he's healthy, he's excellent. Is 4-0 with St. Louis with a .35 ERA and a shutout. I thought they should have kept him. Yeah, they should have kept, kept him. Especially Boy, this Bader guy. The pitching has he better... derailed for the Yankees of yeah. late. All right, listen. Can we, can we talk about some HD since you're, we have to go to break? But yeah. You better. You derailed here. our whole segment I'll here. 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 I'll be right here. Max? I mean, he shows up with the pocket square, smile on his face, shoelaces matching the, the suit, the whole thing, just to look Kimberly Jay Martin in his next. face. Yeah, Kimberly Martin next. You're lucky. You're lucky. You. In your maroon Harry, five suit. Harry, he was agonizing all last night, thinking I have to talk to these two fools I tomorrow. I wanted to text him, but I said, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to show up on set. Maroon Unannounced. five, Harry Douglas. <laughs> Unannounced. All right, listen, coming up, 49ers CEO Jed York said, <laughs> uh, now Harry Douglas has to leave. We're talking about football. What does Harry know about football? He's only played in the league for 100 years. Jed York said he'd be happy to have Jimmy G back. What? So is Jimmy G more or less likely to return to San Francisco next season? Coming up, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN. That's weird, Jed. I didn't hear any music coming back or anything. Did you? I, I don't. I mean, look, it is well, what it is. We I had the power go out on me yesterday, Max. What's that? Uh, the power literally went out I don't... on me yesterday during my first take segment in the whole building. In the whole building. Can Kimberly hear us? Listen. You can I listen can to Kimberly. Oh, okay. there it is. Oh, there she is. And I, I know was, that And voice. I heard Harry Douglas taking up all my time, but I'm here to reclaim my time. So thanks, Harry, and all that Braves talk. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max <laughs> is brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. And there is Kimberly A. Martin gracing us with her presence. Right away, the whole joint is classed up. ESPN NFL <laughs> reporter, host of First Take, Her Take podcast. Kimberly, good to see you as always. Um, 49ers CEO Jed York said he'd be happy to have Jimmy G back, right? Now, it sounds like a part of a larger negotiation or, you know, try to get some leverage here. Where are we with Jimmy G and his trade market? Yeah, so here's the deal. Right now, things are quiet. But I expect things to heat up next week. Teams have got to get through their final preseason game and then get through cutdown day. That's when all the teams will understand what the landscape is, who's on their roster, and where do we still need help. So expect, some, you know, expect the buzz to heat up in a little bit. But I understand Jed York saying he'd be happy to keep Jimmy. Yeah, because they like Jimmy. This is not like the Browns and Baker. They, Jimmy, they love him in the organization. He's been there. This is really just about business. But in a perfect world, Jimmy would have been traded in March. Let's be honest. So, Kimberly, I'm I'm so fascinated by all this because, you know, we've had so many conversations about Jimmy G being very serviceable, right? So Mm -hmm. shouldn't that always have been the case beforehand as it relates to Kyle Shanahan, the way the 49ers were moving? They're like, hey, okay, Trey Lance is the guy. But, like, mm-hmm. Jimmy G, if we can't move, like, he's always going to be our guy. So, like, why has all this drama been stirred up? So, here's the thing. Internally with the 49ers, that's the thing. There is no drama <laughs> with them because they have been, unlike a lot of organizations, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been very direct and they've been very transparent. Once they, once they traded for – once they um, – uh, drafted Trey Lance, they made it clear, like, this is our future. We do love Jimmy. Jimmy, you know, we respect him. We want to see him in a good situation. This is business. So just Trey Lance being here tells you what the future was for Jimmy, right? That that was no secret. Um, the question of trade partners and when a trade happens, that's a little different. Uh, you know, because Jimmy, even though you look at his win-loss record and how he's gone to the playoffs and all that, gone to a Super Bowl – 
the question about was that really Jimmy? Did Jimmy take the 49ers to the Super Bowl or was that really their defense and, and their offense and Kyle Shanahan? Was Jimmy along for the ride? Like, those are the questions. Is he a bridge guy? Is he a guy that can win you a Super Bowl? So when teams are looking at young quarterbacks right now, there's a, there's a movement of young, very good quarterbacks. It's not just good enough to have a bridge guy. That's why the say what you want about Deshaun Watson off the field. But there's a reason the Browns had a chance to trade for Jimmy G. But they're looking at talent and said Deshaun is actually a lot better than Jimmy G. Like that's the thing when you have those he's good, but is he great? That's when a lot of teams are saying, you know what, I might go for a younger kid. Yeah, it does appear, you know, other than Nick Foles, who had an incredible run. Yeah. Um, it does yeah. appear it's not like it was where you can kind of have a good enough quarterback. You need a guy who can really put you over the top. On the other hand, Kimberly, mm-hmm. I'm very surprised that that's actually the mentality about Jimmy G along these lines. If it's Shanahan in the defense, then they should be able to identify a backup quarterback good enough to not stink. But without Jimmy G, they haven't been okay. They've been the worst team in football just about. And with Jimmy mm-hmm. G, they haven't been okay. They've been the best team in football just about. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost not hyperbolic to say that. They go from worst to best with this guy, and yet they think it has nothing to do with him? Well, uh, that, uh, I don't think they look at Jimmy G like he they, – they know that they can win games with him. Right. But once you have an opportunity, everybody thought, oh, this team is going to take Mac Jones in the draft, except this team was thinking about what's the upside? What's the potential? What can who has all the skill sets? Who can take us to a different place? Like when you look at what Trey Lance projects out to be versus Jimmy, you understand why they're going to turn the page. But that's not it's not an indictment on Jimmy. It's like this is business. If we think we have a better shot long term with this younger kid who is cheaper. Listen, Jimmy G's contract, that's part of it. The Browns can afford him outright, but just because you can afford somebody doesn't mean you want to pay $24 million a year for a guy. Um, that's also part of this equation. Why the 49ers, as much as they would be happy to keep him because they love him, he's a great guy, they have a great relationship internally, they want to move on from the contract as well. That's why we've known he's on the trade block. But that's why you can't really believe what they say, right? Because they're the ones who made it very clear their intention. Mm-hmm. We have to move on from this guy. It's got to be Trey Lance's team. Can't have Jimmy G's shadow hanging over a young quarterback. And yet, then they owe him this money. So obviously other teams are going to wait for them just to cut him so they don't have to give up anything. They don't have to pay the salary. True. Now true. they turn around and say, no, we'll keep him. How can you believe that when we know what their plan is all along? Well, this is why, as a reporter, uh, it's always lying season in the NFL. I don't believe anybody when they speak, right? Uh, you watch actions. You watch what they do. Now, they are, they are fine keeping him because it won't be a distraction. Jimmy is in the building. He's at practice. He's not participating. He's throwing off to the side. In other markets, other teams may not have wanted that. They may have thought, like, oh, that'll be a circus if Jimmy's out here while Trey is on this field with the whole team and Jimmy's by himself. The 49ers have been very clear, and they don't see it as a distraction. They've managed internally to not make it a big deal, um, but they're fine keeping him because if no trade partner uh, materializes, they might have to, but that's not what they really want. Um, People thought that they would wait out the Browns, though. That was what people in the league were saying, like, oh, we know they're going to get – we'll just wait for them to release Baker, except you always know some team will be desperate for a quarterback. That's why you hold on to these guys. But the 49ers are hoping they don't have to hold on that much longer. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, host of First Take, Her Take podcast, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Max. 
Kimberly, it just seems like there's always some drama revolving around the Raiders. If it was Damon Arnett, <laughs> it was Henry Ruggs, John Gruden yeah. last year, mm-hmm. now Dana White coming out, the UFC president uh, saying in 2020 he had a deal on the table yep. for Tom Brady and Gronk to be there. And it just feels like Derek Carr just keeps answering things in such a professional <laughs> manner. That damn it, I want to see them win games. I want to see them get rewarded. How yep. viable is their threat? And how do you see them handling things in the AFC West this year? So the Raiders, to me, are one of those teams where I am so excited about the Raiders because you could see them winning the division. You can make a case for why they could. I think the Chiefs will win, but you can make a case. Or you could see them finishing last. Like, you have, we have no idea right now because everything's sort of a wild card. Devontae joining, Josh McDaniels back as a head coach, all these different things. Um, but I was out at Raiders camp a few weeks ago, and I talked to Devontae Adams, and it's so funny because he's – He's heard like, oh, everybody's, we know the outside noise. Everybody's saying, oh, oh, they teamed up. What are they going to do now? Oh, people are wondering outside, oh, what's Devontae going to be like without Aaron? And I found it funny that he's aware of all the storylines. Um, but he's, he's basically like, I didn't come here not to win games. Like, I believe in Derek Carr. And I asked him about the pressure that Derek Carr is facing because you added Devontae Adams, there are no more excuses. You can't say you've got weapons. You're in a competitive division, You're in a division where you people will say you are the worst quarterback in this division, right? Um, Derek Carr, it does hinge on him. But Devontae Adams was very clear. Like, I know my guy. He may not be like, – like, they understand he may not be a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers right now, but they are confident in his ability, and the pressure doesn't seem to seep into the building. But the external pressure, the expectations are mm. heightened. And the talk about Brady and John Gruden, I don't know if this story is true. I don't know what John Gruden was thinking. But the idea that the Raiders could have had Tom Brady and Gronk Oof. and decided not to do that, okay. Like, we, like the greatest of all time, no, we're good. We'll, we're good on that. We'll pass on the greatest of all time, no problem. I think all of those things in this division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, like Derek Carr has to be good. He has to be better than good. Because everything is set up for him to be better. Devontae, this is first time, like, you can cover him if you want. But if a healthy Darren Waller's out there, if Hunter Renfro's out there, like, they've got a stable of running backs now. Like, you can't just key in on one guy. And, and that's what makes them so fascinating. So I hope the Raiders are, are, are not just competitive, but they make it fun and that they're good. Because this, you would like to see Derek Carr finally get his flowers because this guy's been through it. Kimberly, it does feel like... Derek Carr is that middle child that just always gets oh. overlooked, right? Like always, oh, even if you're saying Patrick Mahomes, you talk about Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert being a candidate for the MVP. And I, mm-hmm. I get that there's a lot on the line. I can see external pressure, but he has to feel the internal pressure as well. But how about the pressure on Josh McDaniels? I mean, having a failed stint at a coach the mm-hmm. first time, essentially going back to Bill Belichick and now going to the Raiders, having a team that you feel like is built to win now in the toughest division in the NFL with expectations to be great. How is he dealing with everything? Yeah, it's interesting because even in New England, all the talk about all the talk is about how, oh, they don't have Josh McDaniels. Like, uh, what about Mac Jones? Like, if Josh McDaniels, if this doesn't work, now you have two cases where is can this guy – does he get it? Can he be a great head coach? Um, 
from talking to people in the league and people who've worked with him in previous spots in Denver and New England and even people in, in Las Vegas, they are high. They are so high on Josh McDaniels and they think that he's, he's sort of, he hasn't changed, but he's figured it out. They feel like he's a guy that understands that players, you, you know, that he's, he's a player's coach, but you talk to guys differently depending on what they need. He is a smart guy. He is a guy that's all about complicated schemes and knowing how to pick apart defenses because he understands the personnel that he has. And this is why I'm so excited about this roster because it's not just Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams adds a whole nother layer of spiciness to this thing, but Josh McDaniels being able to deploy all these weapons. And each week, just Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of targets, but some days he may not get the most targets. Some days they may try to beat you in other ways. And that chess match, that's what I'm excited to see. So hopefully it works out for them because if it doesn't, the questions about Josh McDaniel being a great OC, okay, cool, but is he a great head coach? Those are still going to bug him. Kimberly, really quick because we're up against it. Lamar Jackson, any, what, what's the biggest <laughs> holdup right now? Any, any news? It, it, right now, the question is, okay, you offered him uh, Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray money more than Kyler, but the Deshaun Watson situation has really affected everything. And uh, execs ha- didn't foresee the landscape changing with the Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed. The Browns completely reset the market. Think about it. Kirk Cousins had three years, 84 guaranteed, fully guaranteed before Deshaun's $230 million. Mm-hmm. So every quarterback, not just Lamar, but every quarterback going forward should slide that piece of paper on, across the table that says, Here's my floor, two thirty. Mm. Let's go. Plus, you know how many civil cases Lamar has. You know, Lamar yeah. is Lamar mm. is loved in the locker and, room. He has yes. no problems off the field. He's won an MVP. He was right. the best Unlike player in Kyler football. And Deshaun, while he, he's been yeah. an MVP. He, yeah. he was mm-hmm. the best player in football when he was healthy yeah. last year. I mean, yep. You know, two thirty is the floor. I got bad news for the Ravens. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> no Thanks, problem. Kimberly. Is the play calling in New England, Jay, really a concern, or are we blowing this whole thing out of proportion? Missed it by two feet. Missed away pa- waste paper basket by two feet. If I close my bad eye nowadays, I think I'd be better off. And let's be honest about it. Yeah. You never come close to hitting the shot. That's not true. Max. No, that's not true. I rimmed the, out already today. The majority, once. you were like 70% outside hey, the two feet march. Watch. Hold on. Well, I can't, I can't throw any of these papers out, but next 70, time I can throw a paper easily out. Easily 70%. Outside of the what? Out of the radius of the, where the trash can is. No, not You're 70%. Always, no. Max, you hold the follow-through each and every time and look at me and say, that was dreadful. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> I'm not looking. 70% of the time. Sometimes I'm not looking. And it's the same shot when you're looking. <laughs> James White, former Patriots <laughs> running back, is with us now. What's going on, James? Not much. How are you guys? James, you up in here looking fresh, man. I see you with the window <laughs> pane on. Over. Baby game, man. <laughs> what do you weigh nowadays? What do you walk around at? 200 pounds. I can't get over You're 200 pounds? <laughs> James White does not appear to be a big guy and had that kind of success in the NFL. James, it's mind-boggling. 5'9". 5'9", 200. See, but a fire hydrant, man. 5'9", 200. But see, it's stuff Piece like that concrete. why I can't play football, man. Like, where were you, at your peak, weight-wise, where were you at? Probably like 208. That's about it. So always like that small, compact man. What, okay, what was the bench? I should ask about leg press. What was the bench? The highest I've ever benched is 365. All right, that's a human, that's a human number at least. How about leg press? <clears throat> leg press, I mean, squat, the highest I've ever squatted is 525. But Ooh, <laughs> that's a lot of weight, but at least it's human. Like, you talk to Damian Woody, what? and this is who you, Wait, you're playing against, you guys. Like, Damian Woody is human? That's not human. No, no, no. Damian that's Woody. not human. Max, you can barely do 200 d- right d- now, those d- little scrunchies well, of yours. Right now, but at my best. Well, at I, your best, 205. I maxed, out, I maxed out on the bench at 255. 
When? Okay, when I was 155 pounds, I could do 100 pounds over my body weight. That's, that's all right, impressive. and that's that's impressive. <laughs> that's nothing compared to these guys 360. But Damian Woody benches over 600 at his yeah, best. Yeah. That, that's what that's, I mean by like James White is like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> but it's still within human range. When you hear Damian Woody, it's like incredible Hulk but range. He, but it's not though, because James <clears throat> looks like a normal. That's person. what I'm saying. <laughs> and he's doing abnormal stuff. Damian, there ain't nothing looking normal about Damian. <laughs> what was it like playing in a league with with Giants? Uh, for me, it's not all about size. You know, sometimes the guys who are the biggest aren't the ones that hit the hardest. So I think it's all about having heart and for the who position. hit the hardest. Uh, the guy who hit me the hardest is probably Von Miller. Uh, <laughs> I tried to chip him one time, and he, he headbutted me pretty good. I felt like I had a concussion. Gee, that's but. what I mean. You know how big Von Miller is for James White to be getting hit by him? It's crazy. All right, there's a lot of talk about who's going to play call plays for the Patriots, James. Who do you think ultimately, whatever Belichick's saying, is it he, who's going to run the offense? Is it Belichick? Who's going to do it? I mean, he has the end-all say-all when it comes to He's the head coach. He's seen a lot of football and – He's coached with a lot of great offensive coordinators. He's coached with Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien. So he's seen a lot of football. It'd be hard for me not to believe over the course of his career he hasn't learned you know, what to call and what situation versus what defense. So maybe he hasn't called an actual play in an actual game. But, I mean, there's a learning curve when it comes to that. Him and Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, they'll get things figured out. They'll put the guys in the right position to succeed. I think Patriots have a very underrated offense, um, very skilled offensive line if healthy. Two good tight ends, a lot of depth at running back, and a very underrated receiving core. So I think they'll do a good job of just putting guys in the right spots to let them do the things that they do best. And I know they have a, a second-year quarterback who's hungry to go out there and show that he can do more. I know guys that say, like, he he's a, whatever, the, the rookie quarterback from last year who was, you know, what he showed last year is probably – as good as what he's going to get, but I think he has a lot more to show, and I think he's going to go out there and prove that. James, there is something special about learning to walk before you can run, and it kind of feels like the training wheels were still on Mac Jones last year as that leash became longer and longer to a degree for Bill Belichick. But can you be a little bit more descriptive about the continuity, right? We, you and I both know as athletes, like, there's tr- like there has to be trust mm-hmm. from your coaching staff and yourself, like to trust the situations they put you in. Mm-hmm. And then obviously your talent takes over for itself. But that relationship between Josh McDaniels and Mac Jones, while those training wheels were on, right? And watching that evolution to now transitioning to the likes of Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, different voices in your ear, even though yeah. it comes down to the ultimate voice in Bill Belichick. What has that transition process been like for him? And where do, you, do you think he comes out of the gates a little bit, maybe regressed? At, are you going to see improvement? What do you think overall? I think the trust will come over time. Obviously, he has a relationship with Bill Belichick, but the relationship with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, that's going to build. It's going to be a weekly thing. They're going to progress and learn one another, learn what you know, Matt, Matty P, Joe Judge want to see from him, and Matt will relay what, what he wants to get run on the offense. I think you know, Matt Patricia, he's a player's coach. He. He's, able, he's easy to talk to, and I think you communicate. Even when I was there, you know, a few weeks ago, he always would tell me, you know, let me know, like, what you like, what you don't like. You know, we can figure things out if you if you want to change things. I think that's the way they're going to have to approach it throughout the entire year. The communication is going to have to be key, and they're going to have to be on the same page. I think that's what it's all about. But, I mean, it's possible they could start off slow. I mean, like I said, those guys have never called plays before. But at the same time, they've seen a lot of football they're really good defensive coaches. They know what hurts defenses. And I think a, a great play call can come from a guy who knows what hurts certain defenses. So who knows what's going to happen. But I think they have the talent. Mac Jones is a guy who's extremely talented. Mm. Like I said, he you know, did the whole diet thing. He's like His mental sharp. He, he knows defenses. He knows the game of football. So I think they'll be just fine. And 
I know they, they start off with some tough defenses to start the season, like Dolphins, Ravens, and Packers, things like that. So it's not going to be easy when it comes to that either. So they're definitely going to have to get the ball rolling pretty Obviously, fast. Obviously, when you have a legendary coach behind you, you can entrust in what that blueprint or what that plan is. But I, I'm just curious. You know when you meet certain dudes, James, when they walk into the room, like, yo, that, that's how I do. <laughs> like, they just have that bravado, right? Um, does Mac Jones have that? Does he have that special something that makes him feel different even at a young age? He, he definitely does. I mean, you can see it from his rookie season last year, the way you know he attacks practices, attacks the meeting rooms. He's a pro's pro in his first year. You can tell when he came into the huddle, maybe at first he didn't have that command, but as the weeks went on, you know, he's starting to talk a little bit more, building that confidence. He's letting the receivers know what he wants to see, making the checks at the line of scrimmage. And he was able to pick up a lot of things that even, you know, some veteran quarterbacks that come in, you know, to our offensive scheme and can't quite pick it up. He did it really quickly. So, like I said, he's ready to push the envelope this year and show that he can do more and he can show he can be one of those top NFL quarterbacks. James White, former Patriots running back, Super Bowl champion. Let me ask you something. One of the, the great, there are two great debates of the 21st century in sports. One is MJ or LeBron. People are out of their minds. It's MJ. It's not close. But any, okay, that's one. <laughs> two, two is, was it more Brady or Belichick? And I was always, come on, everybody. Are you for real? Obviously, Belichick. This is football. It's the head coach. Da, 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 da. But, and I know Brady set it up, love for himself, left the cupboard bare for Belichick, dropped, parachuted into a perfect situation. Nevertheless, Brady didn't go on a run. He won the Super Bowl year one. Belichick, two years now, zero playoff wins, right? So it seems to me that everything, your, your obvious confidence and faith in what they do in New England, it, it, you, you were a part of it. You saw it up close. And I would imagine it's got to be a lot the head coach. On the other hand, Always the Patriots seemed lucky, right? And I was like, well, luck is a residue of design. That's the coaching staff. They're prepared for every scenario. But that magic seemed to walk out the door and follow Brady. And it seemed to leave the Patriots, right? When Cam Newton came this close from being 9-7 and but wound up 7-9. and When you make the playoffs but you don't advance, right? So let me ask you. I know it was both, James. Was it more Brady or Belichick? Is the magic still in New England? The, the magic's still there. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a little bit of both. Like I said, you can't have one without the other. I think those those guys were the perfect blend. Really? Because Brady's still got it. <laughs> he, he still can have it without the other, right? Can Belichick is the question, yeah, damn it. Yeah, they still got it. They're still going to be an extremely competitive football team. He's a guy, when you walk into that building, he's going to demand your best, whether it's in a meeting room, on the practice field. And I think that's kind of the quote-unquote Patriot way. You're going to find guys that are dependable, who are going to do the right things all the time. And if you're not they're probably not going to be out there on the football field. And I think and the guys that come into that building, you know, free agents, they learn very quickly the expectations that he has for his football teams. And then he's not going to put a bad product out there. He's going to find guys that are going to go out there, compete, and play hard and do things the right way. So it's always going to be a little bit of both. But I think the Patriots are going to surprise a lot of, you know, people this year. I think they're kind of writing us off. I know the, you know, the, bill, I mean, the Bills are the, you know, the right, the rightfully so the favorites for that division because what they've done over these past few years, and they've, Picked up some great pieces, but I think, you know, Pats, Bills, Dolphins, those those teams they know each other really well. So it's going to be extremely competitive. I'm not just going to say the Bills are just going to walk. See you know, these walk Patriots dudes? They drank the Kool Aid a long time ago. <laughs> Brainwashed, Belichick's disciples. But listen, when you got the Super Bowl rings, what else are you going to think? The great James White, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, James. Appreciate you dropping right, in. Thanks for having me.
Angels owner Artie Moreno exploring the possible sale of the team, Jay. So what kind of an effect does this have on Shohei Otani and his future? Uh, Vern in Chicago, you're on with Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. What's up, fellas? Max, you my guy. But right now, I'm trying to figure out what planet you on right now with that comment. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, Jay, Artie Moreno is exploring the possible sale of the Angels. I love when people call the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They don't play in L.A. If they played in L.A., they'd be the L.A. Angels. They're not because they, they, don't, they play in Anaheim. It's a different place. Okay. You all right? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I just, you know... Arr! I used to when they when they first tried that with the name change. When they first tried that with the name change, I used to say, um, "You know what? I like the Cavs better than the Knicks because LeBron James was playing for the Cavs. Let's call them the New York Cavs of Cleveland. Why not? Right?" (laughs) And I used to have Mike Brown on the radio show, Max Kellerman show in New York City on on ESPN Radio, and I would interview him like our coach, like, "Hey, it's the New York Cavs of Cleveland. Let's have our coach on." I would talk to Mike Brown on the air, like the the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Ridiculous. Okay. Anyway. He's, ex- he's exploring the sale of the team because, Jay, when he bought the team, they already had talent, he spent money, and they were good for a while, right? The problem is the analytics revolution really hit baseball. And, like, for example, when Artie Moreno bought the team, and I'm not, I'm not making this up, if, I would, if someone would have made me a GM back then, day one I'm a top five GM in baseball. No one, all the GMs were impossibly bad at their jobs because they didn't understand the first thing about rational thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And so they were poorly run franchises. In that environment, if you spent money and you already had talent, you could win. Now, I could never be a GM. To be a GM in baseball, not only do you need to be completely immersed in it, but you need a staff from MIT with PhDs, right? He can't, now guys like Artie Moreno who can't get out of their own way and interfere and think they're the smartest guy in the room, can never win. That's why the Angels are terrible, because he's not smart enough to do the thing he thinks he's trying to do. Now he needs to sell the team, because otherwise he's just a loser. 
Jeff Passan on how the sale of the Angels could have an effect on Shohei Otani's future. Very acutely, we have to go back to the trade deadline this year, a few weeks ago, when the Angels were actually listening to offers for Shohei Otani. Now, they were listening more as an exercise to understand what the market might be or to do some exploratory work on which teams might be interested. In the end, what everybody in baseball knew is that Artie Moreno is going to say no to any potential Shohei Otani deal. Well, if he's selling the team, we could have a number of different scenarios manifesting themselves. Scenario number one, it's like with Juan Soto, where the Washington Nationals are selling and the incoming owner wants to clear the deck, so Juan Soto getting shipped out of town. Otani's a little bit different because he's going to be a free agent, so they could hold on to him in hopes of signing him this offseason and then bringing him back. If not that, though, which is going to cost like $500 million, then he could be traded. There's going to be finality to Otani. That's really what I think the end is here. Now here's where Artie Moreno was really smart. He had an extra $184 million lying around, bought the Angels from the Walt Disney Company, and um, in 2003, they just won the World Series in 02 with yep. Vladimir Guerrero and them. And the team was estimated to be worth by Forbes, who always underestimates the valuations, by the way, always 2.2 billion in March. I guarantee they sell for more than that. Oh, so, easily. It exceed that. So so when I said he's a loser, not smart enough to, to, to beat the baseball people. But in life, in, in business, he just, you know, te- put a zero on his investment. If you have superstars like Otani and Mike Trout. What number will that be? If they're, if they're packaged into the deal, if you know they're going to be part of your franchise for the next four or five years, it elevates and you have leverage into any negotiation about the overall price. Isn't that interesting? The price tag of the franchise. Because a lot of times they want to clear the decks like a guy like Juan Soto. The difference with Otani is Otani is not only incredibly valuable as, as an offensive and pit player and defense player's pitcher. But he is worth an enormous amount in terms of your TV contract and putting meat in the seats because he is an attraction. So he's an example of a guy where whatever you think, oh, we're top-heavy, we don't have enough flexibility, there's no team that would not benefit by paying to have Shohei Otani on it, including the Angels. He's one of the biggest names in baseball. I mean, realistically, we're both, like, I'm becoming a baseball fan, obviously, more and more and more. You are a diehard baseball fan. We've had this conversation about who are the notariable names Right, in 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 all sports. That was a good one. Yeah, I just yeah. Notoriety. Which, which names have more yes. notoriety, right? Yeah. Than other players. We talk about Aaron Judge. We talk about Otani. A ton. Like those are names. And Mike Trout. A ton. Two of the names on one team. Yeah. Tell me that's not going to elevate the the price of a franchise. Two players who are ultimately going to be in the greatest player who ever lived conversation in their primes. Coming up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie returning to the Nets. Where does that put them in the East? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Willemax. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.